A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here we are. We're still alive. Welcome to Up to 90. We're still alive. Still alive. Well, as I said in a hilarious tweet today, which, and um, listen, I'm not blowing my own trumpet there because 29 other people did agree with me. Um, but the only reason I am now RSVPing to 2021 re- weddings is because I do think there is a strong possibility we all, we'll all be dead by then. Um, <laughs> so like that me. is the only reason I'm doing it. There you go. Summer 2021. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks emma there you go you do care you do support me i do all the time you do all the time all the time Uh, how are you mrs i'm good uh i watched philomena today oh emma no for god's this is a comedy podcast come on i I do love philomena i do jesus it's a tearjerker isn't it Oh, like, I, I think, like, four times would you cry during that, maybe? I don't know. Oh, I mean, you'd have to be just made of stone if you didn't. It's just, oh, my God. And just even, the like, everything, everything, everything. But, like, her son was, like, three. Like, three. Yeah, I mean, like, not it was, that it's any I mean, you know better what, actually, if they're younger, but you know what I mean? I'm like, fucking hell. Well, like, you know him then. You know, you have a real little bond. You have your little relationship. It's just, I you know, you. even... Oh, God. It's just, I, I, do you know what? It's actually giving me shivers for the week that's in it, just I even know. thinking about it. I know. And and Steve Coogan is just so amazing in it. Honestly, I do think, I mean, Judy Dench, you know, she's a big fan of the podcast. But I would say, um, I would say Judy Dench, I I, I cried as much watching Philomena as I did. Did you watch that orangutan, that Judy Dench, the orangutan documentary Judy Dench did a couple of years ago? No, sorry, I didn't know what the fuck you were getting at there. (laughs) Bit of a tongue twister. Did you watch that orangutan that Judy did a couple of years ago? Um, No, but it was, oh, it's reach. You know what? It turns out she's mad for orangutans and always has been. 
and oh, wow. paid for this sanctuary out in Burma. And then she goes out, but like she's really like Judy Dench is an old woman now. You know, she's elderly. And like they're just leading her out and they say, Would you you know, would you like to meet an orangutan? She says, Oh yes, I'd like that very much. And you're like, Of course she fucking gets to meet the orangutan. Why are you even asking her would she like to? She's paid for this whole sanctuary. Come on. Let her meet one. Don't even don't even ask. You you just you're just presuming she'd like to meet an orangutan. But it's it's just it's really actually even thinking about it now is getting me emotional. It's just when she meets these animals, it's just gorgeous. So actually, you know, oh, friend of the so podcast, friend of the podcast, Martha Gilhaney, always reminds me of um, when we were in college together. She went up to the library one day and she saw me sitting by myself at a desk with a book, laughing. As she got closer, she could see that I was looking through a book of monkeys. (laughs) You know, monkeys freak me out, by the way. I, by myself, no, I just, by myself. Oh, look, I just, probably like uh, a couple of days before the midterms or I just love them you know though. What? I just love them. This, is, this reminds me of but being by yourself and laughing for no reason. Do you like monkeys? This is where we differ because I don't trust monkeys as far as I control them. They're t- too human. They're not quite human. <laughs> well, they're not. But they're a bit too human for my liking. Too human. I'll never forget as a 16-year-old, the circus came around and this young fella came in with a monkey on his shoulder into the record shop that I was working in. Shout out to the Dingo Record Shop, which is the smallest shop in Ireland and remains to this day the smallest shop in Ireland. So as you can imagine, a young man coming in with a monkey on his shoulder is very is fairly intense at the best of times. But I mean in this in the smallest shop in Ireland, like fucking forget it. So like the monkey's like, oh, do you want to pet the monkey or whatever? And I'm like, is this a euphemism? And he was like, no, but clearly this was his chat up line mm-hmm. where he would come in with the circus. He was only a couple of years older than me. Like a really good looking young man. He was topless, which I just thought was unnecessary. So he's there in the shorts with the monkey on his bare shoulder. So you're like, this is this is a hearty young man. Like he's not even feeling those paws. And then I was like, no, I declined his offer of, of touching the monkey. And then literally, I'd say barely 60 seconds had passed. And he'd gone into the shop next door, okay, where my second cousin was working, who, I mean, you know, this is kind of just as a by the way, but is a lot more attractive than me. So he obviously insisted that she touched the monkey and then actually bit her. So I was like, thank God I didn't touch that monkey. But the moral of the story is, if somebody asks you to touch their monkey, just say no, kids. Just say no to touching the monkey. Because monkeys are not to be trusted. Well, I don't know if they're not to be trusted. I mean, I would just, I would just let... Would not trust a monkey. Well, they do seem, they they have a bit of a reputation of ripping people's faces off. But... 
They give me the heebie-jeebies. No, no, I love monkeys. But, like, I don't, I don't want a pet monkey or whatever. But, like, I'm just thinking of you, if that interaction with this very good-looking topless man had gone a different way, you could have oh, think... ended up in the circus. Like, we went to a circus, obviously, a couple of years ago now. I think we went to something with Ella when she was a kid. It's like, you know, 10 years ago, right? And it was one of these things where they're hot, like it was it was obviously some sort of Christmas thing, right? Like a bit of a was you know, a bit of a fundland thing, but there wasn't a fundland. I think there happened to a be, Christmas circus. Yeah, I think there happened to be like you pay all in and there was a circus there as well. And there was this couple and the couple were I'd say the couple were kind of in their forties. But obviously they've been in the circus their whole lives and they were doing this thing where they had like the steel drum massive thing and you jump in it and you you know what I mean you do a few bits and bobs and then you jump out and he jumps in and there was a bit of knife throwing and stuff but it was really like it was just it the whack off it was like if you ever wondered what happened to the other members in Book Fizz this is it like your mom was having and this is only a few years ago your mom was there with a rowley yeah well she is in the drum well she's in the drum and like she's still wearing the same outfit she was wearing like when she was 16 while she's in the drum doing all her bits he's having his rowley and then he knows she's finishing up so we all kind of know that she's finishing up because he throws the rowley away and now obviously it's totally safe because he's just fucking it in the sand and then he's he's in the drum. Well, you could tell when he was finishing up in the drum because he'd start to roll his neck smoke. So you're like, oh, he's going to hop out now. She's going to hop yeah, back to in. Yeah, but to be fair, you're going to give zero fucks, aren't you, really? <laughs> if, you're, if, your jo- if your job is throwing knives at a co-worker, like, fucks give an absolutely zero. Like, even the elephant is smoking a rolly, I'd say. My favourite... And this is kind of- <laughs> This is thing. controversial, yeah. but I do think you know, like back in the day, and I, I'm, I'm really anti having animals. In, this shows what a hypocrite I am, right? Mm. Because I'm really anti animals in in circuses, but yet I want to see the animals in a circus. It's that conflict, isn't it? It's that inner conflict that you're like, oh, it was kind of fun when the elephants were around back in the day before anyone actually copped that this is actually quite cruel and horrendous. So it's good that the elephants are no longer in the circus, but yet it is also why I no longer go to the circus. Well, I think always the get out line with that, that everyone has used for years and years is those animals are like family members. You know, that's the kind of thing yeah. that everyone tells themselves. They and, don't feel bad. And that but is like, why, yeah. An and that's like Mr. Rowan. Rowley is hitting that elephant with a chain, just as he does his young son. Like, you're right. He does treat him like a family member. Yeah, well, an, ele- it's fine. Exactly, yeah. an elephant shouldn't have the same living conditions as a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> I know. Does, <laughs> does that elephant, it's actually quite cruel giving him a dinosaur duvet, given the history there. Mm. Come on. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a discman, but like he's no thumbs. It's just, it, you know what? It's just cruel, Emma, is what it is. He can't get those headphones on on his own. My favorite thing, and them ears. My favorite thing 
when the couple were doing their act is, you know, the bit that they do at the end, all these types of people that do these acts is when they jump, they jump forward and they go, hey, like that, you know, that bit that they do. And they do the different uh, bows to the different areas of the the ring. That's my favorite. Yeah. Because that is when you see the bit of showbiz, the bit of like, hey, boom. Like, they just go into that You see, you know what? That just says so much about your inner Billy Barry, doesn't it? Actually, Fred's just come to the kitchen. Fred, do you like, what do you think about circuses, Pat? I love it, yeah. Fred says he loves it. Totally. It's is he's mad for a circus? When was the last time you were in a circus, Fred? Do you think <laughs> at a circus, not in a circus? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, Emma Dorn? What? When was the? Were you not recently? Have you? No. 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 no I, I performed in a circus. Oh, Fred says he performed in a circus. In the Fawcett Circus. You performed in the mm. Fawcett Circus, yeah, and I'm only learning about this now. You were five or six. No, no, no. This is three years ago. I was part of the Charlie Chaplin Festival in, oh. in, in Waterloo. It was three years ago. Um, yeah. So before the child labour people get involved, it was actually three years ago and it was part of the Charlie Chaplin set Festival yeah. in Waterloo in County Kerry. He'd be good, he'd be good nice. in the circus, wouldn't he, our Freddy? The three, the three of you now could start your own circus. Like They have to start Why somewhere. Join the circus. This is the second time you've mentioned this in the space of 12 minutes. If you don't want to do the podcast anymore, just tell me. Don't fob me off with this circus line. Imagine. No, it's fine. Yeah, no, I stopped doing the podcast, but Judy's got, Judy's got it all set up. She's got a circus. She's starting with Fred and Ted, so it's fine. And I'm just like, I don't know what the Wi-Fi is going to be like in the next location. So I don't know what I'd be able to do the next episode. You're like, you're grand. Don't worry about it. <laughs> as your as your showbiz stars on the ascent, you're like, don't worry about up to 90. It's but a distant <laughs> dream. Uh, no, I do, no, I do like actually. Oh, can you hear this? Oh, it's the fucking kettle. Yeah. Sorry. I, it's Fred. Fred. Oh, How dare you, Fred? Fred is, <laughs> is making a cup of tea. I was he? That's not out. He's making a cup of tea. Do you know what I ended up watching today? So funny. I ended up watching. So funny. I ended up down a Saved by the Bell hole. Oh, God. So I started. I went back watching all these classic moments. And do you know which one? I know this is like the most obvious moment ever in Saved by the Bell. But I'm going to run through it. Just, I mean, you're going to be pissing yourself because it just, honestly, I don't know how, I don't know how we haven't referenced this before. We probably have referenced it before and up to 90. But you know that episode where, so first of all, like, let's just have a real talk for the moment. Zach Morris, did we fancy Zach Morris or were you a Slater girl? It was one or the other. That was Zach, Zach all the way. See, I was a Slater girl, but Zach was Ugh. just a bad guy, wasn't he? He was, I mean, look, Slater wasn't much better, um, total misogynist that he was, but Zach was not a good guy either. So you know that episode where they're in whatever the, the diner is called and mm. the girls just start singing. So like Lisa Kelly and what's her name, Jessie. Yeah. They just start singing and Zach's like hey I know this guy like suddenly Zach has a connection in a huge record company but like 
we're never we get no explanation why a 16 year old boy would have this kind of like high level connection but he's sitting there and he's like you know what I'm gonna do you three girls are gonna form a girl group and I'm gonna manage this girl group and the girls so Kenny and Lisa are like oh yeah fantastic that sounds like totally normal and then Jesse's like I don't know because I I want to study like I want to do really well in the midterm and then everyone at the table kind of poo-poos her and says no like don't worry about academics. It's all about the girl group now. So she's kind of looking to study for the exam all week. And she's saying, look, I really want to study this test. This midterm is like a really big deal. And the girls are like, come on, let's just shoot this music video. And suddenly there's like, (laughs) so suddenly there's, again, no explanation, but there's like this professionally shot music video. It's choreographed, like, Obviously, this is really eating into Jesse's study time, but nobody gives a shit because it's all about the girl group now, even though they started this girl group on Tuesday and it's now Wednesday. So it seems a little bit, seems a little bit, you know, premature to be throwing all your other goals out the window, like no backup plan. But then, so this is the Wednesday, they shoot the music video. And also actually looking back on the video, wouldn't have noticed it at the time, but there seems to be a lot of shots of their arses as well. So it's just particularly, oh. there's just this, there's this undertone that's a little bit disconcerting when you come back to it as an adult. So Jessie's under a lot of pressure for time. So she turns to caffeine tablets. Do you remember this? So she turns to the caffeine oh, pills because God. she really needs to study. So she has to stay awake. She doesn't want to let anyone down, Emma. She doesn't want to let anyone down. She doesn't want to let the girls down. She doesn't want to let Zach, her manager, down. She doesn't want to let her parents down. She's turned to the caffeine tablets and Slater informs her, look, you know what? These things are pretty addictive. So you better be careful with these. And she's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just like a cup of coffee. And then on the Friday... So the timeline being, she starts the caffeine tablets on Wednesday. This is Friday. Oh, God. <laughs> this is so funny. I had forgotten this scene. You know, when she's in, so they're in, they're doing the rehearsals because the big record producer is coming to see the girls that night. So they're doing rehearsals. <laughs> Jessie is manic, Emma. She's, she's, she's completely off her face. Like completely off her face. She's just she's jumping, she's jumping around, she's fist pumping the air. I'm so excited. And Zach's like, yeah, that's the kind of energy I'm talking about. Cause Zach's wearing a blazer now. So that's how we know he's a manager, because he's wearing a blazer. Was she on those caffeine tablets when she was when she was orgasming in, in the pool that oh, time. Oh, in the stripper film. Oh my God, stop. I fucking hope so. But anyway, so that, so, you know, we cut to the next scene. Yeah. And Zach's coming in. Knock, knock. Hey, superstar. And <laughs> Jesse. Jessie is passed out on her bed. Right. So she's passed out on her bed. And Zach's like, Jessie, Jessie, come on. It's the big night. It's showtime. And Jessie's like, what? what's happening and he's like completely spaced she's completely spaced out and Zach's like it's it's the big night it's Friday night we're, and we're performing 
and it's your big shot and she's like oh oh so she's suddenly like completely you know confused she's dazed and confused she goes to the wardrobe she thinks the wardrobe is the door she's all over the shop and Zach's like Jesse, are you okay so she goes to find her her pill box and Zach's like you're addicted and she's like no but this moment is so funny so he's like no she's like give me my pills and he's like no he's like you've got a problem and she's like i just need my pills and then he holds her and do you remember this classic absolute i could oh, not no. believe that i haven't seen it for so long she's like It was a ding ding moment for each. Do you remember in Family Guy they do a spoof of it when Chris when Chris wins the date with Taylor Swift and Stewie's like, I have I haven't felt this excited since I became addicted to caffeine pills. And then they cut to, oh, I'm so excited, I'm so scared. <laughs> but because then Jeez. I went off and I was Jeez. like, I was like, how have we not wrote? I just I actually was crying laughing like I was just like crying laughing and then I went off down a bit of a rabbit hole I was like where is I was like has there been any other spoofs of this blah 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 and then the writer I happened upon the writer saying this made a bit more sense he said that originally Jesse was supposed to be addicted to speed but that see we're like there's no way she can be addicted to speed she has to be addicted to caffeine tablets so that's what the whole thing was that like she starts them on a Wednesday. But he did say it was like it is kind of like ridiculous because obviously it's like probably the equivalent of somebody being addicted to like Earl Grey tea. I'm so excited! I'm so scared. So instead of like rewriting it or anything, they just changed that one detail. They're just, they just literally, because it was the 90s, so nobody was going to go back faxing a new script. They were like, look, here's a pencil and just write caffeine tablets above speed and just say that instead. I thought you were going to tell me when you looked into it like that it didn't actually, it got pulled off the air because it was so ridiculous. That's what I thought. Well, they all... Ah, well, they always had, they always had the drug, you know, they always had, obviously, the Don't Do Drugs episode, but oh, I just, such a classic, I'm so excited, I'm so scared. Brilliant. It was honestly, I just had such a giggle. But now that you're saying this all to me, it is actually coming back to me. Like, oh, it's just hilarious. It was uh, just so, she's like, I need to study. Um. (laughs) It fucking makes me scared just listening to that. Like, no wonder we're all so fucked up. The shite we watched. I know, pretty bad. I think that's why we're so scared of coffee in this country. Maybe that is why Starbucks didn't hit until about 2009. We were like, listen, I've seen that Saved by the Bell episode. We've got to be, we've got to be careful. Jesus Christ. Stay back with your frappuccinos. That's how it starts with a frappuccino. 
like, on a but, Tuesday. But uh, Frappuccino, oh, I'll just get one at, at the weekend. Before you know it, you need every one every morning just to function. It's true, though. That's how it starts. I thought I had to drink coffee, like, to be regular. And, I mean, what I really should have been doing was just drinking water and eating vegetables. Still fucking dehydrated. And sure now it's gone to the next extreme whereby and now obviously we no longer pay gab because the days of playing team sports are over in this new COVID world. But like now it's at the stage where the last time I was at like a children's gala match, like they kept stopping for water breaks. I was like, okay, this is the next extreme. Because we're not in the outback here. Like we're in West Kerry. I think they I think they're hydrated enough for the first half. I should, like it's literally it's they're playing in a downpour like they're not dehydrated there's a lot going on here but dehydration is not one of them I think they just I honestly think that they just need to get rid of Nickelodeon or well not get rid of Nickelodeon but I honestly think they just need to get rid of these kids sitcoms they're just fucking awful you've got a seven-year-old who's like show all these stupid lines that's how i like it spicy like it's a seven-year-old child like why is a seven-year-old child constant zingers like just zingers (laughs) zingers well yeah it's always i mean they're always very precocious it says things like you know as an it says says (laughs) says mother of one judy j but it is an ish it says it, uh, he or she, they, but they are always, yeah, it's like that seven-year-old, it's this really precocious character saying things like, hey, spoken like a true Democrat, am I right? And the audience <laughs> is like, you're right, Zach. It's just, oh my it's, God. They're so too bad. savvy. They're too savvy is what we're saying. But you're then, I mean, you look at the likes of, and I know, it's such an obvious thing to say, but like, you know, you look at the likes of like Hannah Montana and all these people. And I just think now that you've seen these like young people grow into adults, you realize just how messed up the whole thing was. Like, it, it's just so contrived. I know. I just even for, I, I know like you need to put them on TV. They never, they Never turn out well. I mean, and Amanda Bynes. Oh, I know she was like into the movies, not this. Was she in the sitcom? She wasn't. No, she like, was. Just, she had her own show. But it wasn't a sitcom. But she had the Amanda show. Oh sure, hello, of course. Yeah, I like. I know. I know they have a right to be on TV, and it's not. It's not. I'm not trying to. I'm not saying it because I want more gigs for me and you. I'm not saying it because of that. Because I mean, in the right lighting, we probably could play children. We're so small, but I just feel like child stars. It's just, it's just making children work. Just. Well, it's. I mean, it's. You know? It's look. I mean, admittedly, Ted is my pension plan, but it's essentially child labour. I mean, should look coming back to poor old Macaulay Culkin being the family workhorse for so long. I know, and then even I was listening to his brother there recently, Kieran. Love him. 
Yeah, good old Karen. Do you watch Succession, by the way, Mrs.? No, I haven't watched it yet. Oh my God, you and Shane would love, absolutely love. He's so, so, he is so good in it, Kieran Culkin. Is he? Yeah. He's just, and do you know what's so good about it is his character is so fucked up, but you have this feeling that he's really playing himself here. Like, it just, I really think you need a Culkin in that role. Mm. It's all about this. It's all, basically the whole thing is about a messed up family dynamic. And you think, yeah, kind of sounds about right, really. Do you remember oh, yeah. Mac, do you remember when Mac divorced the parents when he was 15 and we were all running around threatening our parents with divorce? And they were like, <laughs> uh, sorry, we can't even get divorced in this country. So <laughs> if I can't leave your dad, you can forget leaving me anytime soon. P.S. Oh, divorce yeah. is for rich people. That's still my mother's mantra, and I think there's an element of truth in it. Liz, well, Liz, Liz, the oracle, divorce is for rich people. I think there is a lot to be said for it. Well, you need two homes, so yeah, it is. But um, Tell me about Kieran. You were reading, watching an interview with him? Oh, yeah, I was watching an interview with him, but I think he kind of... Um, it's easier to question perhaps about like the family dynamic and he still talks about it in like a very uh respectful way or whatever but like they were really fucking poor and there was just a lot of kids and I think you know he can't he doesn't talk to his dad at all anymore he doesn't have a relationship with him but he Um, was very abusive wasn't he the father was a horrible person but I, yeah, he did. He didn't like not that he was going into detail or whatever. And you know, he was he because I suppose it's hard to tell your story completely when you can't but involve other people's stories, and that's completely up to them. But he did kind of say they did all kind of like raise each other or whatever, and um, he said if it was happening now, they definitely like authorities would have gotten involved like it it was that it was you know it was that level of poor like poor conditions or whatever and I think they moved around a lot um because you know payments weren't made and kind of lets up and go before somebody causes a fuss or whatever but um yeah it did sound fucking awful and then it's weird I suppose when like he's never known any other life but some of them have like decided not to go into the spotlight at all some have decided to have children others are like you know from kind of an experience like that they're like well the last thing I want to do is have kids or whatever I suppose the whole thing with say even the Culkins and it's probably the case in a lot of instances like okay often it is the child driving this but really, I mean, how much can a child drive it? Like, it usually is the thwarted ambitions of a parent is propelling this career. So, I mean, that was totally the case, wasn't it, with the Culkins, that the dad was this kind of embittered actor, thespian type, and was kind of weirdly jealous of his own kids because they were excelling where he failed. Well, I think it's... This, it's it's that thing and it's the same for anyone of any age like I saw 
some posts there the other day. They're like, can people stop telling me whatever, blah, blah, blah. Say, I can't remember what it was now, but say it was some woman making fucking cards or making jewelry or pots or vases or whatever. She's like, you know, I know that they mean well, but like, can my friends stop telling me that I should turn this into a business? Like, it's all right to have an interest in something you enjoy doing without turning it into a business. And it's true because once you turn, like, say if you're doing comedy and you're only doing open mics and say, like, you know, the way, like yourself, you've met lots of people who do a comedy gig, like, twice a year. And mm-hmm. if they're all, they're, they're just doing, each time they get up, they're doing, like, seven minutes and you know they're just they're 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 having their yeah it's the social side yeah but they're just doing it purely for fun they've no aspirations of taking any further or whatever and they enjoy comedy but like once somebody takes it to the next level and they're getting paid for it it changes the dynamic completely because it's no longer just completely for fun now you have that pressure of the fact that you're getting paid So the person that's paying you has certain expectations of what you should deliver and blah, blah, blah. So like if like she's lucky that she got to choose, like, actually, no, I just want to be a zoologist because I'm sure there's plenty of them where if you get into it far enough, like you don't really have the fucking choice to turn back around. No, you don't. Like, And that's easy. I suppose that is that is. I guess the danger with the whole, you know, child star thing is that not that you're necessarily limiting, you know, your child's future in the sense, obviously, like it's, you know, it's it's paid work. It's setting them up maybe for college or whatever that might be. But I guess the longer you're in it, the harder it is to get out of it. I mean, that's the same with anything, whether it's a relationship or a job or anything else. So, you don't. I mean, it's kind of frightening to think as a child you could be pigeoning holding yourself already as a child. And sure you see that with, sure, I mean, Miley Cyrus obviously talks about that, like, you know, with um, her kind of, I suppose, seeming rebellion a few years ago where she was, you know, a stick of the tongue out and, you know, that whole fiasco with Robin, ooh, shiver, thick. Like, but she was like, yeah, but sorry, what's way more disturbing than me sticking my tongue out is the fact that when I was 12 years old, old men were telling me what to do with my hair and what top I should be wearing like that's actually much more disturbing when you think about it and she was right god it's gross isn't it you know you know that like these old like these old men were controlling her image and telling her what they want to see her in and we want you to halt your top and we want your hair long like she was like that was way more gross you know than say what I'm doing now because it's it's always going to be contrived. I mean, it does very rarely, not that it very rarely ends well for these kids, but it's kind of frightening how many of them just go down the same road. I mean, Macaulay Culkin does seem okay, though, now. You know, he does. He's kind of embracing the, I don't know, is he embracing the band? What's the band called again? Pizza Band or something, isn't it? He goes around, he's a roadie. He goes around just setting up stages, like not just standing up stages, but setting up stages, doing his thing. I mean, I think he seems kind of happy enough, Macaulay. Yeah, no, he does. Would you have would you have liked to have been a child star like when you were a kid? Were you like that that has to be 
that has to be well, good. I want, well, I think I was, for a long time, I was like, why isn't anyone recognizing my talent here? Mm. Like, this is, because I did think I could sing for a long time, which I think just says <clears> so <throat> much about, doesn't that say so much about how how delusional kids are? Like, it, I mean, the fact that I thought I could sing, and then I decided as a young child that I should be playing a musical instrument. Oh. But sadly, my cousin also had decided that she should be playing a musical instrument. And she chose the violin, picked out the violin. And anyway, you were allowed to bring the instrument home with you to kind of get familiar with the instrument. And she left the school having picked out the violin. And outside the school, she had the violin, I would say, in her possession for about five minutes and proceeded to fall over the violin and knock down her front tooth. So my mother was like, that's it for music. Because we can't afford these dental bills. Like, it, it's done. No more music. So none of us... <laughs> So none of us were allowed to play musical instruments because she was like, "We like your teeth are too important." Jesus Christ! Fuck's sake! But you definitely saw yourself as a child star. Tomorrow, I oh, love you. Love you were it. all that, all that. No, I, that's the thing. I wasn't. I was actually very shy. I never would have been like the lead in the play or whatever. I, and like when you were talking about the circus, I would have been sitting there, you know, when they get someone up to volunteer, I would have been sitting there only dying, dying for, for them to get me up on stage. They never did. I was like, am I meant to look over eager? Am I meant to look like not eager? I couldn't figure out what was the thing that was getting other people picked for these things because I was never getting picked. And then when... No, but I totally wouldn't have been like, because I remember when, actually, I was only thinking of this the other day. I remember when I was in secondary school, early on, I'd say maybe about second year or something, we had to do, we had to do this improvised thing where our drama teacher went, <laughs> I think of it now, our drama teacher went around and asked us why we were in prison. So we obviously had to pretend that we were in prison, right? And, um, I was kind of early on in the, you know, semicircle and I made up this story that um, I think my husband had stolen my identity or something and it was like fraud. So it was basically Deirdre Barlow from Carnation Street. It was basically her story. That was such right? a funny story. I didn't trust that. None of us trusted that. We all saw the red flags with that husband, Deirdre. And we were only in third class. We were like, Deirdre, come on. Just Shamir, because he's good looking. Shamir. He's asking for your PPS number. It's the first date. Come on, Deirdre. No. Shamir was the only decent husband she had. So anyway, I was fairly familiar with that story. So I was able to. And she, she kept asking me loads of questions. And I kept giving the answers. And she said to me after we'd finished, I don't know how long our interaction went on for she said to me after, she goes, you know, you'd be, you'd be a very good actress. So I was dead chuffed. So then later on, we were back in the classroom and uh, I was there with two of the girls in the class, both of which I'm friends with on social media and one of which I see, you know, on a semi-regular basis, right? 
um, like she would be in the wider circle. We're back in the classroom and I don't know why we're just talking shite. And the I don't know if this ever came up in your <laughs> conversations in school, but this seemed to come up on a regular basis. Who do you think would be famous? Like from school that we know, who do you think would end up being famous? And we're all kind of like looking around and thinking who we think is going to be famous. And one of the girls in the conversation, she says, oh, I I could see you being famous. Emma. I could see you being famous. And then the girl who's actually like my better friend, who I've known a lot longer, says, and who I still know to this day, says, nah, couldn't see Emma. <laughs> what an asshole. What an absolute prick. Well, no, but you know I know. what? I still remember it. I still remember. But anyway, I remember late a couple of years later that I I opened the yellow pages and I went around. I tried to look at um, drama schools and stuff because I was like, right, this child starting isn't happening. I'm going to have to get the ball rolling. So I asked. Yeah, but you parents. were 22 then. Of course, the child starting wasn't happening. It's like when I was still ringing Childline with my problems. They're like, Julie. You're finished college, okay? The Samaritans will help you now. And we've told you this the last three times you've called. I looked up, um, I was looking up, like, you know, obviously not drama schools, like, full-time, but, like, drama, like, he could go and do drama on a Saturday morning or something. And I found this place in uh, Ranla because they whatever their name was they were bloody blah and agency so I was like that's what I need I need some agency because that means I'll get auditions and the woman who ran it used to be in Fair City get in touch listener if anyone knows what I'm talking about here she's she used to like pay this kind of posh young character in um, Fair City so I saw that she ran it so I was like okay well she's acted this must be legit so I did that for about a year and um, then I went off and got pregnant. But anyway, I gave it a stab. I tried to get in there at the tail end of being a, what I suppose it would have been a teenage star, but um, it never happened. Well, no, do you know what? I do think, I think that we all, I guess I would have been similar in that. I think we all would have harbored a dream but I never knew how to manifest that dream because believe it or not, kids, this was in the era before vision boards. So, you know, how do you make a dream happen without a vision board? It's a real quandary. But I do remember, I actually shout out to my French teacher. I remember my French teacher saying to me, and like, by the way, me as a teenager, we all know what I looked like because it's my profile picture across all the socials. And it doesn't matter how many times the agency tells me to change the picture. I'm not because I just want everyone to know what the starting point was. Okay, so that's what I look like. And I remember my French teacher telling me that I should be on stage. She just came up and she was like, Judy, you should be on stage. And I just didn't even like this was, you know, the 90s. So what do you do with that? I probably went home and, you know, I don't know, like drew some really dark picture using my using my oil paint set at home like using only black just to kind of channel the this mixed emotion that I had but I didn't know what to do with that because yeah it's just it was so strange for someone to see something in me and for me not even I wasn't even ready to admit it myself but I often actually do think back to that because then even in college so many people ask me as in maybe one person has asked me in my life 
did you perform in college? Were you into drama? Were you in the comedy society? The answer is no. I just didn't have the confidence to even say. Not that you need confidence to do it. I think you need confidence to actually admit to yourself that you want to do it. Yeah. That's step one. I didn't have that. So, but I do often think that, that you know, it was so nice that she saw, she sensed it in me that I wanted that, but I just didn't, I didn't have the words yet. Did you get involved in any drama or anything in college? No, not at all. Well, like in fairness now, I went to IADT and there wasn't much out there, but like, see, like sure, I would have had Ella. I would have been a single parent. So I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do any extra stuff whatsoever. I'd have been yeah. let's go. But now I do remember one time we had this um lecturer who we had maybe in third and fourth year and it was uh I think it was music management or something. And I think this was like his first time lecturing and he'd he was Irish but he lived in America for a long time. He was back in Ireland and so he was I don't know how he wrangled it anyway, but he was now lecturing in a college. And there was something about, I don't know exactly what it was, but there was some music thing coming up and he needed people in the class to sing. And I just, I'm like, not that I'm into being like a singer at all, but I was like, oh my God, like I just got a whiff of like possibly the chance of being on stage doing something. And there Sorry, was can I one- just say, Emma, you saying not that I can't, you know, not that I harbor any notions of being a singer at all. What are you talking like? Sorry, what are you talking about? Like, I literally ring you and you're like, How are you today? How is Ted and your partner friend? I'm like, and then I say, Emma. Emma, I don't have you in speakerphone. There's no hope of any potential record producers, Zach Maris types floating around. And you're like, okay, you just revert to ordinary speaking voice. But you're no. always Chobas when I read No, you. I know I'm always I know I'm always singing and I am always singing, but I'm not like a singer. I don't want to be a- I'm not a singer. <laughs> I just sing. What like sorry, are you Lady Gaga? Sorry, is this like that a star is born ah what would I be doing with a dream I'm just a girl in the world I don't have a dream and then somebody says but you must you must share this with the world she's like if you insist I will share it I don't want to be a singer I would have done something about it now and he needed he needed some singers for something and there was one girl in my class who um she uh, I don't know if she but she was like she kind of introduced herself like as I'm a singer and then there was another one who had done some sort of Ireland's you're a star you're a talent whatever and she had done a bit of singing so they kind of like got picked to do it and I just sat there waiting for somebody <laughs> to suggest my name I was like come on because I would never like imagine like the like notions to like put yourself forward like I I wouldn't mind giving it a go actually I'd, I'd do you know, it yeah, but you know any of the people putting themselves forward for stuff in the 90s now I can only base this on my own primary school experience ah, but this was college Judy this was the noughties oh yeah, the noughties but I'm saying we were children of the 80s you know we learned mm. these, like we learned like 
chose these behaviours in the 90s in primary schools. Just bringing it back to primary school, where all this shit began. Like, you start primary school with a dream. You start primary school thinking, I could be anything I want to be. And then that's just quick. You know, quickly primary school kind of wears you down a bit. And you realise... By the time you hit sixth class and you're the only person not making the confirmation choir, I did tell that story before and somebody had referenced it. I did make the confirmation choir and I took solace in the fact that I wasn't the only one. There was another young man in my class who didn't make the confirmation choir. And years later, I met him on a bus hearing. I wouldn't even describe it as a hearing aid. I don't know what it was. But anyway, he informed me. It turned out that he was like completely deaf. So in other words, I was the only hearing child who didn't make the confirmation choir. So, you know, at that point, the dream is done. It's done. But in primary school, I think the only people putting themselves forward for stuff were the people who had parents who were either, they either had one parent from Cork or England. Like they had some bit of confidence behind them. Yeah. You know, like a Cork level of confidence or an English level of confidence like they had something different going on at home something that was telling them you can do this yeah very true well you are a singer Emma Emma you are you are you'll always be my singer well the plan is in hopefully please God if everything goes to plan in about 20 years I'm gonna do the Eurovision for Ireland and oh, then, I can really see on the cruise ships. Yeah, well, no, the cruise, the Eurovision first. Well, of and course. And then I don't even well, place, and then the cruise ships, and then. You no, know, I mean it's a given. Yeah. I mean, you're not doing the you're not getting the cruise ships unless you have the Eurovision behind you. Like, let's yeah. just say that's a competitive market. And then uh, the drink problem starts. I think that's already started. And then um, I I die, but it's something it's something like kind of just weird. It's just like it's a blood clot in my leg or something. Do you know what I mean? Just like oh yeah. Well, that's what we tell people. We're not going to say psoriasis of the liver. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna frame it as a blood clot. And the song of the Eurovision, I'll write the song myself, I'll produce it with no experience whatsoever at that stage of the game. I mean, who'd give a fuck? You know, it's probably like the last year of the Eurovision or whatever. Social distancing is still going on. You know, like everyone's just giving the fuck up. At that point, the USA are performing in the Eurovision. Canada are performing (laughs) in the Eurovision. Like, fuck's sake. Yeah. Still wearing oh, the masks. I can't I, I can't can wait for your cruise ship career. Yeah. Be all glitz and glam. You're you'll be going around with the parrot on your shoulder <laughs> in the bakery the bakery section of Super Value. Justice for Twink is all I wanna say. Justice for Twink. Oh no God. nobody nobody would have a problem if it was a guide dog. That's all I'm saying. But yes, suddenly everyone has a problem with Twink's parish. I know. I think, Health I and safety was, gone mad. Oh, like it's do you know what it is, Emma? It's political correctness gone mad now at this point. But in fairness, if you if you can't if you if you can't even bring your parish into super value, like come on. But like how 
can you bring a parrot into Super Valley without the parrot going at the bananas or going at the whatever like? Well, I do think parrots, like they are super smart. I think, you know, a parrot would have enough cop on to know if I eat that banana, I'm going to have to pay for it. Like it would, you know, it's not just going to start pecking wildly. Like they would, they would stay on your shoulder, wouldn't they? You know, they're, 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 but I don't, you, you can train them. I don't understand when people say this about animals, like certain animals, oh, but they're very smart, they're very clever. But like their brains are the size of a pea. Like how much can be going on? I don't know. I feel a parrot. I mean, I guess a parrot, when I say clever, they just repeat phrases back at you. But for me, that's always the litmus test of clever people. I'm like, I'm going to say a phrase. Can you repeat it back to me for bottom? And if they can, I'm like, wow, Mensa called. Oh, that's they want you as a yeah, member. Well, that's probably something they learn in sales, isn't it? That you oh, kind yeah, of, with the, you mirror them and all that, isn't it? With the rote learning, definitely, for sure. I think um, I was reminded today, I don't know how I had a little flashback. You know when you're a teenager and your parents are kind of dropping hints to you about your image? Yes. I had a flashback. I think it was because I'm currently trying to get a passport photo and it keeps declining my passport photo, even though I've gone to not one, not two, not three, not four, but five different chemists to try to get this passport photo. They email it to me and then I try to upload it. And each time it fails because they tell me it has to be a light background. And I realized, Emma, what they're, what's actually happening is they are reading my hair because I have so much hair. They're reading it as the background. So they're, so they're actually telling me, no, this this is not okay, but it's my hair. It's not it's not the background of the picture. But I did have a flashback. I remember, say I was in fifth year, and my dad saying to me, you know, if you want me, if you want to get your hair chemically straightened, I can pay for it. And I was like, Why would I do that? Oh, okay, yeah, because I've got the curly hair. But you just you know those like subtle hints. If you second. want to pay, if you want to pay, if you want to pay to get, if you want to get your blackheads done, you know, I'll pay for it. Hang on. Why would I get, oh, because I have blackheads. Okay. Where are you going? Where was I going in fifth year? No, where are you going with your passport picture? Oh, okay. Not going anywhere. Of course not. Obviously, says you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm just going to jump on a transatlantic. I thought you meant where was I going with that story? I was like, no, it's kind of a non-story, but thank you for pointing that out. It's kind of our thing, Emma. Um, It's it's kind of a narrative cul-de-sac, but that's what we do here. P.S., just get on board. Um, No, I tell you, I'm not going anywhere, of course. Like, I do, I'm not really informed, but I did catch wind of a pandemic happening. Um, I think it's called COVID-15, but I just said, look, we'll stay off the flights for a while. But I need the passport because myself and Fred were going to get married, you see. But I need the passport in order to get married. And then Fred, in all his naivety, said to me, but you can just use your driving license. I'm like, come on, Fred, have you ever met me? Obviously, that driving license is long gone. And he's like, how are you on the road? I was like... When was the last time a guard asked you for a driving license? Come on. So you two so, were yeah. going to sneak. So that, you're going to sneak off and get married. Well, 
we're going to see because we might get married, but we haven't really decided. But we did, if we did want to get married before the listener gets in touch and tells me, I do know it's three months, but if you go to the circuit court, you can get an exemption. So you can kind of get, you can speed up the process. But we were half saying we get married for Christmas in December, just the two of us, like not do a wedding because obviously in the current climate, there's kind of no point. But we were just going to maybe do the legal side of things, but I don't know, is that going to happen now? But we hadn't even decided. We're just kind of throwing it out there. Are you pregnant again? Is this what's happening? Oh, my God. It's so bad. Emma. I'd love to be pregnant again. Like, Ted is only a few weeks old. I'm like, can we go again? Oh, my God. Mad. I know. I know. But sure, look, I'm, I am mad to go again. But no, I mean, obviously, hello, episiotomy. <laughs> Not happening anytime soon. Not happening anytime soon. I fucking wouldn't put it past you. I wouldn't. But no, but before you Julie do fast, Judy fast track Jay. <laughs> oh God! So, but no, so we had we had half said about maybe getting married before the end of the year, but like a lot of people, we were saying we'd do it just the two of us and not kind of have a wedding now, yeah. but maybe do a party down the line. Yeah. Um. But sure, if I can't find a passport, it won't happen. I mean, as even even actually before I started recording the podcast, we were discussing it, and I was like, "Are we getting married before Christmas?" And Fred was like, "Maybe," but it just yeah, it's all up in the air. But if I had the passport, we'd have the option. Oh, right. Okay. Um. But yeah. So we'll see. And um, is your passport out of date? Is it? expired and I'm so sad to say goodbye to that passport because you know when you're looking at that picture from 10 years ago and you're like yeah I mean mm-hmm. that's me that is me isn't it oh that's a sorry day isn't it oh a very sad saying goodbye because I actually hate I, I'm really not photogenic at all but I didn't mind my passport photo I just love this now like imagine like the next time somebody sees you at a gig you'll be expecting number two married woman with (laughs) well it is funny Fred just keeps saying he's like I just want to get married because I just want to say has anyone seen my wife (laughs) and he keeps but he keeps repeating that like ad nauseum so you know you're kind of thinking jeez is there any other reason he wants to marry me like even before I came in here (laughs) I came in here I handed him Ted and he's like Hello, Ted. I'm your father. He's like, I just have to question his motives in wanting to get married. He just wants to call everyone by titles, son, wife. I was like, am I, have I had a baby with an English Tory? Hello, son. I mean, it seems seems as good a a reason as any, doesn't it? I know. And then, I mean, even last night now, I was actually in bed reading a book, which my good friend Eamon told me I shouldn't talk about reading books on the podcast because he was like, that would be like listening to paint dry, whatever about watching it dry. So I will not reference the book, but I was reading a book and Fred came in and was like, the boy must have an education. (laughs) And then he went went to the loo and came out and said, has anyone seen my wife? I don't know what kind of a situation he's imagining whereby he's going to be roaming from room to room just asking people have they seen me like is he plotting my demise or what's going on 
Okay, listener, I know we have the patron and we really appreciate it, but we really do need people to give um, and hopefully get Julie and Fred out of Dingle because it's just, it's not doing them any favours. So please, if you can give, please give generously because... I know, I know, it is getting a bit crazy. Look, I think we're all going a bit loop-the-loop though, aren't we? It doesn't matter where you are. Uh, Yeah, I'm done now, to be honest. Yeah, that I can sense that blood clot already forming. <laughs> I think it's just my body oh, will commit God, suicide yeah. for me. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I'll need to do it. I think my uh, body yeah. will just do the job for I me. I think your body will do it for you. Yeah, absolutely. And on that happy note, do do do. I think we will, we will, we will, we will tattle off. Um, on the plus side, uh, all's going well. Thank you so much for listening, listener. Your support means so much. I did think I did have a conversation with somebody during the week, and they were talking about um the lovely Gordo from those conspiracy guys, and he was talking about how he takes his Patreon money and puts it back into the podcast, and I was like, no, like we, like Ted, Ted needs shoes so that's where the patreon money goes if you'd like to support ted and his shoes um please get involved we have a patreon we really 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 love you all but we especially love the people who support us on patreon we really appreciate it especially in these harsh times there's four there's four kids involved now Oh, I mean, four. Yeah, like quite a few. And hopefully, you know, this episiotomy holds up. Um, Maybe even a fifth. Who knows? But these, I mean, I do like, uh, I am fond of the hilarious and inappropriate um, baby grows. Like, you know, the ones that say things like, I'm too drive to drunk and stuff like that. You know, I, I, they're not going to buy themselves, guys. It's just so odd. I mean, some of the girls' clothing, Jesus Christ. I know. Well, I do find it funny that, like, the boy clothing is essentially just male clothing, but smaller. Whereas the girls are like, okay, let's dress them up as... They're going to the shop. We need Minnie Mouse meets ballerina. I mean, imagine if you were a grown woman and you actually wore a baby girl outfit. Like, we're talking conservatorship straight away. Like you would be in a Britney situation where your father is controlling your finances, but like, like baby boy clothes—they're just male clothes, but in miniature. Yeah, it's just jeans and jumpers. Just like a pair of chinos and oh, a trainer, wow. trainer too. But yeah, I am, I am. Those baby girls will not buy themselves. They will I'm not. too drive drunk. I need it in the six to twelve months. <laughs> For the wedding. Oh, stop. Imagine, wouldn't it be so funny if you landed up to the wedding and Ted was wearing his I'm too drive to drunk. I'd actually, I'd love to do it just for the look on my mum's face. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine rocking up? Oh my God, so funny. Ah, but look, I'd, I'd find it funny. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Or you could get him to wear like a baby grow that I don't know. What would be another inappropriate phrase to have on a baby grow before we wrap it up? Um, I don't 
don't want to say, I like just so many things I could say and I'm just like do I want to know it's like I know well, actually, it's like no do you know what I, I, I did think of one but I'll tell it to you off air it, um, it's always a pleasure as always thanks patrons for supporting the children God bless. Sorry, I forgot. God bless. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.